was. There's hey, not a lot of. It's like, locked. Come on, hurry up, open the door. Crazy I got some millions just of dollars of shit in here. I can't door. just open it up, man. Come, Come on. on, man. I really don't give a shit. Okay, I'm buzzing. Come on, I'm buzzing you in. Not that door, the other damn door. Come he's on, buzzing. Man. We're buzzing you fucking busy. in, man. Come on, he's buzzing. Yeah, I'm fucking buzzing. Hurry the fuck fucking up. Buzzing. I'm fucking claustrophobic. Yeah, I'm hurrying, man. He's buzzing. Here. Can't you see? He's fucking buzzing over there. It's loud. Fucking cramped in here. Jesus, come on, man. Doesn't help that you got some fucking sermon playing in the background. What the fuck is this shit on? My fucking podcast, man. I fucking listen to it every goddamn day. sweating in here. Fuck. I hate this. He's buzzing, fucking buzzing you. Come on, gravity. Yeah, he's talking. Fucking, fucking gravity. So it's the best. Get me the fuck out of here. I'm trying to jimmy this goddamn hell. door, and yeah. you're fucking yelling at me. I can't get it done. Yeah, and I'm still buzzing. I can't take this shit, man. We're never fucking I'm fucking ears. I can't move. I gotta get this thing open. I'm fucking trying. Don't you see me? I'm fucking trying to jimmy this goddamn thing. Come on. It's going, man. Come on. It's fucking going. I can't, I can't take it. Yeah, I'm fucking working here. It's going. It's, it's, I'm about fuck. done. Oh, fuck. The buzzer Jesus, won't man. shut off. God damn it. I gotta get that door fixed. And fuck this damn podcast. It's shit. No, it's the best. Jesus. Holy shit. Is that a fucking iced out Furby? Yeah, it is. That's that silky, buttery, smooth shit. Damn, my friend. God damn right it is. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Formula of Film. My name is Steven, and I'm joined by my brother Kevin. And we're going to talk about movies. (laughs) Specifically today, we are going to talk about the film Uncut Gems. Which is a the new Adam Sandler comedy phenomenon. Yeah, it is a <laughs> hilarious, <laughs> dumb Adam Sandler film. Yeah, that we decided <laughs> to go into, because yeah. why not? Go into a really dumb comedy movie. Yep. No, not really. No, not not really. But yeah, we're going to talk about that. But it is an Adam that. Sandler movie. It is an Adam Sandler movie, and we're going to, you know, let you know our feelings on this film. Yeah, Steve yeah. doesn't know my feelings, and I didn't say we anything about it. Yeah. I know Kevin, Steve's feelings. He doesn't know mine, though. Yeah. So it's going to be like a little bit of a surprise. Cool. Oh. Yeah, right. I might love it. I might hate it. Yeah. But, okay, so uh, earlier in the week, I have my Kevinism here uh, a couple days ago. So I want, I want to have your honest opinion. Don't, don't, like, give me the benefit of the doubt because you're my brother or whatever. I'll try to be nice. So I went to a game night at a friend's a couple days ago. And tell me if this was a dumb answer that I gave for this. Because it might have been one of the dumbest answers. (laughs) Not answer, clue I ever gave. So the game is called Wavelength. And what you have to do, it's a neat game. Uh, There's someone who, there's a clue giver, and there's a team, and... uh, they have this board that has points on it, and you can turn it, and it's hidden from everybody, um, and uh, it, it's like a range. And no one knows where the points on the range are. So uh, you have 
a little card that says, uh, you pick a card, and it'll say, like, weirdest thing to own versus normal thing to own. And the, you have to give a clue that kind of helps the pers- the, your team figure out what range the points are in. Does that make sense? I guess. <laughs> okay. I kind of so, zone out when people are telling me directions for a game. I got to, like, see it, you know? Okay. Yeah, so it might be a little bit hard. But, so, I had the range was right in the middle. So, that's where the points were, right in the middle. And it was, the the, the range was irreplaceable to replaceable. And I said... A lung. So it's like right in the middle. A lung? Yeah. What would you think? Would you think a lung would be? I thought it was like, I thought you could replace a lung. And apparently you can't replace a lung? I mean, I don't personally know. I would (laughs) have thought it was a dumb. (laughs) Because. Yeah, who would. Who in their right mind does know? And so who's going to think? About well, that? I was thinking like it's more, it's less replaceable than a, a kidney. I figured a kidney is very replaceable, but a lot of people thought that a kidney is not very replaceable. Wait, were you supposed to be talking about bodily things? No, I wasn't. I just, <laughs> I just thought if I said like a tire, people have been like, okay, that's super replaceable. So I tried to think of something outside something the box. Something in between. Of, uh, <laughs> replaceable and not replaceable. So it's, it had to be dead at center. Yeah, dead center. In between replaceable and not replaceable. So something that is replaceable, but shit could happen maybe. Right. So isn't a lung a good choice? Like you could... Mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. It was very much hated, and I no one got my answer. They thought it was very irreplaceable, and I guess I could see you not being able to replace a lung, but I felt like a dumbass. I mean, I had another uh, game, um, code names where you're supposed to give a clue, and I gave the clue Indiana Jones, and there was whip on the board, and it was it was bad. And I didn't, I, I didn't see Whip, so everybody thought Whip was on there, but I didn't think about Indiana Jones and a Whip, which was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe you're just bad at games, man. Maybe you apparently thought you were good. I'm just, I'm, I'm just awful at games, and I should never play games again. But yeah, you thought you were good, but you're just terrible. I, I think I'm good at games, but so you, I, I guess I'm. Nah, bad. you probably suck. So you probably should stop playing games. And not All right, any friends. So, <laughs> so let's talk about uncut gems. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, let's talk about it. So, about something that is irreplaceable, this uncut gem, or what we think is irreplaceable. You think? Okay. All right. That's interesting. All right. Ready? I, you you think it's irreplaceable, or you think? No, it's not. I said or what we think. I was saying you know, kind of in the light of the film, how he acts about the uncut gem. Ah, 
where he makes it feel irreplaceable, you know, and makes it feel like it's kind of um, really super expensive, you know? Yeah. He gives you this feeling throughout the majority of the film where you're like, okay, what is this fucking thing and how much is it really worth, you know? Right. But, so, I guess we'll start off and just say, uh, like, directors and all that shit. Yeah. To see, just the, so it was directed by the Safdie brothers. They've directed a couple other films that I think are pretty good, so IMDb them. Because <laughs> I'm not going to go through their shit. Um, I didn't should, know they did anything. Yeah, they did. A, well, they did another movie called. They did have done two other mo- movies, I think. They, the other one that got pretty good, well recognized, was Good Time. Um, hmm. Never heard and of this, it. Uh, stars Adam Sandler, uh, Kevin Garnett, Julia Fox, and Lakeith Stanfield, who has been in like every fucking film. Like in two thousand. Oh, I know. That's dude, that pretty dude, crazy. That guy was I, in so much. He's in a lot. He was in uh, uh, Knives what's Out. It? Knives Out too, and he was also he's in, in Get uh, Out. Get Out, right? Yeah, yeah, he was in Get Out. He was in. Yeah. There was a couple other like films that he was in in two thousand nineteen too that I didn't. Very see. recognizable guy yeah, now. He's in a lot of shit, man. He blew he's up. good, and he's a good yeah. fucking actor. I like him. Yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so this is a a film that's basically hyper realistic and you have um adam sandler's character who i think his name is howard who is a jewish uh he's a jewish um jewelry store owner and he's like he's got this over-the-top like personality and he's just way into jewels and bedding and like just this crazy wild lifestyle this crazy loud lifestyle well he's mostly into bedding in general yeah he's very into bedding he loves the he seems to love the thrill of bedding and um so basically just the overview is he he owns this jewelry store and he is in debt to somebody and he's trying to pay this debt back but he's doing it in the most fucking wild way that you can possibly do it. He doesn't really in the circumstances, like when you look at the film, he doesn't really need to do what he's doing, but he wants to do it this way. So it's, a, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing. Um, so I guess we can just kind of, I don't want to like go over the whole film no, I want yeah. to hit points where we can, I think we like, can hit the points. Yeah. Well, first of all, since I don't know how you feel about it, did you like it? Uh, it was good. I liked. Uh, I don't know if I'd ever see it again. I don't think it was bad. Um, but I didn't. I won't say I. I love absolutely loved the film. I don't think it was a bad film. Um, I do think people should see it because I, I think a lot of people would like it. But mm-hmm. one thing I will say, and I know that you probably want to talk about this, is uh, I, I've talked to other people about this, but the talking over each other, how, how they kind of try to make it more realistic conversation where everybody's talking over everybody kind of and shouting over everybody, which is a very real-life thing, um, was very distracting at the same time. Um, and 
I, I think I'd have to watch the movie a second time to really get a good grasp of what was going on. Uh, I know what I, I ultimately know what was going on. Um, but in the beginning, I, I guess it's cause I never have seen a movie really do that where everybody's talking over each other. Usually they deliver a line and another person delivers a line. Maybe there's a little bit of overlap, but it's very rare. Um, but w- because when they delivered lines, everybody was talking over each other. It kind of made you a little bit more anxious while you're watching the movie. And yeah. I, I, I thought it was a little crazy. Uh, I did like a lot of other aspects about the movie, but we'll talk about that. But I'd say that was the biggest drawback for me. Um, and it kind of, to me, took a little bit away from the movie. Mm because of that and it might have you might have liked that aspect yeah i'm it, completely so. opposite from you i i basically think that the sound in this movie is some of the best sound i've ever heard in a film because of what they do with it and i think i think what they personally i think what they did is extremely fucking hard to pull off and that's why nobody does this because when you're capturing a room of when you're trying to capture so much sound at once it can really uh, and I know what they're, I, I, I understood what they were trying to go for because when you live in New York City, there is so much shit going around, on around you. And right. that's the interesting thing about this film to me is that you have this dude who this crazy, he's doing this, living this crazy lifestyle. It's basically, I think it's like three days of him like doing this wild shit. But basically, you there's things, so many other things going on around him that it breaks up his own conversation that you can hear. Like right. you could hear his whole conversation, but sometimes you don't understand what they're saying because there's so many noises going on. And I think that that's just the way that he lived his life. Plus living in a, a place like New York city where there's always loud noises and stuff. And they did not, they didn't dumb down any of the noise that surrounds him. Right. So they 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 basically kept the aura of New York City. Like there's fucking loud ass sirens. There's always like a when he's on the street. There's always like cars whooshing by super fast, and you can hear it like it's super loud. And it, and I do think like yeah, it can. I think it can be off putting. Like it can be very so, off putting to to watch a film like that because you can't focus. It's harder to focus, becomes harder to focus, but it plays with all of your senses. Like it just plays with every last sense that you have, you know, because right. you're just sitting there trying to comprehend what's going on, but you can't 100% comprehend what's going on because there's so many things going on at once. So, so I don't mind like sounds and stuff, but for some reason I, I mentioned this in the previous podcast, if there's a lot of talking around, I it, I cannot focus well, and that just kind of hurt it for me. And I, I could see other people having that same problem. Some people probably are fine with a having lot a lot of people, people talking. The, no, a lot but, of people have the same problem that you you do with it. But a, but peop, the thing is, I think is when people really aren't used to people to to films like this. No, no, they're definitely like not. the. People are used to, like you said, one guy delivers a line, another guy delivers a line, and it's a back and forth, you know, where this right. is literally, there is no back and forth. It is, right. everyone is talking at the same fucking time. Like, it makes it kind of stressful, because they're, at points, this this place is kind of rickety, so the door locks, and they can't, it gets jammed, and, like, people get stuck in between the doors, 
because the doors need to be both shut and then the next door needs to open, but the next door always get, usually gets jammed. And then you have all of these people yelling at the same fucking time. Right. Like there is no but I think in that moment like you don't you 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 don't need to understand what they're saying. Uh, because you know that it's just like if you're stuck in there, it's fucking stressful. And if you're trying to get someone out who especially when Kevin Garnett's fucking stuck in there and you're like, damn, this dude, he's an NBA basketball player. He's this star NBA basketball player and he's stuck in my fucking little doors and I want him to buy my shit. You know, <laughs> I want him to tell people to buy my shit. And now I got to get him out of these doors. And it's just like everyone's screaming, hey, get over here. You you got to push that button. You know, and it's just like, OK. And Kevin Garnett said, get me the fuck out of here. You know? Right. It's, it's just like there's so many things happening and it, they they are there's no focus on one person. You know, it's just like the shit that's happening. <clears throat> so it's the whole room and everybody yeah, that- just freaking out. And it, that's how the whole film is, though. That scene to me was very good. Was good. Was I? I, I liked when they used uh, people yelling over each other. I thought that that was good for that scene, especially because they sort of use that same situation later on in the movie. Um, so I, I think that that was good there, but they used it a lot during the movie. It's the like, whole movie. It is the whole movie, and I, I think it. I think it works in some aspects of the movie for me, and then others, it's just too overdone. Um, but that that I don't want to get into a review of it. But that was just for me. That's what kind of de- uh, separated me a little bit from the movie, and didn't, I, didn't I wouldn't suck say me it was the overdone because you can't like they're trying to create a an, an ambient thing that is the lifestyle of New York city, you know, like, uh, there, you can't turn it off, you know, you can't, no, I know you can't turn the city off. So if they ever did that, the movie would have felt like, I think it wouldn't have been a good movie because it would have been like, okay, here's a moment of chaos. And then here's a moment where we're delivering lines, you know? And it's like, eh, it wouldn't have felt right to the film that they were creating. Like, I don't think, I think, but I, I, I think it is just, abrasive and violent on your ears. It also is not, the sound is not really designed for most theaters. It was, it was recorded for, uh, in Dolby Atmos, which is a, like a super oral, like, um, that's not oral. What, what is it? Like, uh, super i guess atmos atmospheric like sound around you mm-hmm. in the dolby regular surround sound that's in most in most movie theaters doesn't capture the essence of that so like if you go to i i, I listen to just them talk about sound so because I, I was very interested in how they captured that because i feel like it must have been hard as fuck like to to make that to capture all of that sound and not it sound like a fucking earthquake, you know, with just so much shit going around. So I was interested in, like, if you see it in a in a theater that uses Dolby Atmos, it sounds mm-hmm. like more in the direction of where they're talking from. So, like, if if uh, Howard is talking from the front, 
you'll hear that from the front and the other people you'll hear like if they're behind you you'll hear them behind you which is surround sound does that but just not like what atmos does if you capture an atmos so hmm. it's different so it's um supposedly it's a completely different experience for the film from what i've heard of the people if talking you, about it um oh if you see it in a specific if you see it place. in a theater that has actual dolby atmos uh hmm. speakers yeah, um, and maybe that's what I needed to to have. I I just thought that was a lot of clashing. So, no, there was it's a lot not, of clashing. It's not a big. It's not a. It's not a a huge deal. But that was my that that was my biggest drawback about the entire film was that. Yeah, and I but, think it will be a drawback for a lot of people. But yeah. I I personally like if you think it is a drawback, I honestly will say go listen to people talk about like the technicalities of of creating something like that and like all that goes into it and understand what they're actually trying to do. I can see like you just not wanting to watch it again because it's off putting and I can, it's, it's fine. Um, but if you thought it was a bad movie because of that, I would say, Oh no, not you. No, I'm not talking to you specifically. I'm just saying like to anybody who watched this movie and thought it was a bad movie because they did that, go back and check and listen and see all the technicalities that they actually went through because it was by design to create that uh, that experience. And if you yeah. don't like that experience, that's one thing, but it's not bad because of that experience. Right, you know, like, yeah. It's not a bad movie because of that. You'd, if you don't like it, it's that's a different th- that's a different ballgame. I, I personally loved it. I like chaotic shit. I, the more chaotic things are, the more weird and chaotic the world is, I just love it. It just, for some reason, it gets me. Because you just don't see that very often. You don't see people creating a world that way. You see, it's like, when you do hyper-realism, like, this film is really realistic, but it's also a farce. So it's, like, super realistic, but super over-the-top. Right. Like, Howard is a really over-the-top dude and is doing something in a completely wild way that he doesn't need to do something. Um and I, I really like that. I like the idea of creating, because it's based around a real event that actually happened, but you're, they're creating another story that didn't actually happen, but it feels like it could have happened and you just wouldn't have known it ever happened. You know. So you said that before. Explain what the real event is. I know, I'm pretty sure I know what so it is. So the real event is the playoff game. Right. So the, the playoff game that he did super well at is Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. So I assume since they said that the this movie took them 10 years to make, I assume they watched that game and he said that actual interview at the end and was like I just trusted the rock, you know. So I think oh, that Oh, is that, that what he says at the yeah, end? Oh, I didn't know end, that. I didn't hear like, that. How how'd you uh how'd you do all of this, man? How'd you perform so well? And he's like well, you know, I just I just trusted the Rock, you know, and the Rock, the Rock. Oh, guy, and, guided and me. so they. So I, I assume see. That they so got it's the, the basketball is usually what he's actually talking about because that is synonymous so with the Rock. He's talking. I see. So in their film, he's actually talking about the Rock. The that's diamond. interesting. But in yeah, real yeah, life, yeah. he's talking about the basketball. So I assume that they, the reason why it was ten years in the making was that happened ten years ago. The play, right. that playoff game and i believe that they one of them probably watched that game and then that interview sparked an idea in their head just the word the rock the rock <laughs> that's what i think i think and then someone uh, one of the safety brothers had the idea of like hey man we should make this fucking movie that is based on this gem 
and this guy's like need to feel like this gem is worth every like worth more than anything in the world and like uh yeah i don't know so give give a little quick overview of what the gem is because we haven't really talked about it the gem is uh i forget what they call it's an opal it's an opal opal from uh from africa uh, africa african jewish people uh cut it i guess Mm -hmm. uh that's what he was saying um, that was a big thing, apparently. Yeah, uh, there's like a connection between Jewish people and uh, black people in this film, which is really cool and interesting. Right, yeah. I, I think. Um, yes. So this opal is only available uh, in this particular country, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I can't remember what the country was. But, uh, yeah, it was only available in this certain area, and Howard, the uh, the gem salesman uh was able to get his hands on it and kevin garnett ends up walking in and seeing this gem and and falling in love with it he's just like attracted to its power right Um, but like the the really interesting thing is that the opal they like they state you can see the universe in this opal Right, and so, I, like, I liked that an idea. It was interesting. And that's how the yeah. film starts off. So this, these guys are digging for these opals in Africa, and then someone else, like one of the guys, gets really hurt. His leg gets, like, busted up, and they pull him out while these other two guys are, like, digging, still digging, mm-hmm. and they get the opal. And then they look in the opal, <laughs> and I think that this is amazing. It goes into the universe, which then turns into Howard's colon. His asshole, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, which yeah it does. <laughs> I think is fucking awesome because it just turns in this dude who is basically an asshole starts in <laughs> his ass. Do you think that's why they did that, or do you think it's more because uh, uh, it has like some connection with him? <laughs> I think it's both. I think I think they. <laughs> I think or that or that the gem is actually shit and it doesn't mean much of anything. Well, I think it is. It's. I think basically they're already saying, "Hey, this is the tale of lies and bullshit." You know, like this mm. is. That's why they're going in through his asshole because it's. <laughs> they're starting the movie in his asshole because it's the story of shit. Like this is, it's a bullshit story. Um, about a dude who has an addiction and just will kind of doesn't really give a fuck about anybody else in his life but himself. Um, well, there's two addictions going on. Actually, there, I think there's, yeah, there's two addictions happening, I guess. There's Kevin Garnett's addiction to the, to the gem itself, and then um, <clears throat> his addiction to gambling, obviously. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting point because I never really thought about them starting off, uh, in his colon there after they go through the gem, uh, cause that particular scene doesn't have much bearing on the rest of the movie. So they, that scene must mean something because whatever, uh, biopsy they were doing, I think it was a cancer they, biopsy. They were doing colonoscopy. a colonoscopy. Yeah. Uh, it, it didn't have any bearing on the rest of the movie, like the, um, the results of the colonoscopy. It wasn't like it was yeah, found the, negative. It, it didn't have any purpose no, other the, than the, possibly the, saying what you're saying. Yeah, and the really funny thing <clears throat> is when the doctor calls him to tell him the results, you can't, 
like there's another thing like uh, Lakeith Stanfield's characters and they're like, yo, where the fuck are my watches at? And the, and he's on the phone with the doctor and the doctor's like, yo, uh, your colon's clean. And you can't really, it doesn't matter. Like that phone call just doesn't matter to him at all. Even though it could be like the biggest phone call of his life, it, the doctor could be calling and being like, hey man, you got cancer in, in your colon. And it really, in the end, Howard's just like, oh, okay, it's all right, you know, and it fucking, well, <laughs> he doesn't give mm-hmm. a shit about it, you know, and it's just, it just shows where his priorities are at, you know, and it was really right. interesting how they, how they, I really like how they did that. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I, I like the, I really like the beginning. Um. I like how they set it up, because it, like, it's a really, like, seamless transition where it looks like you're in the you're in the universe floating around and then now you're now there's a camera in this dude's colon you know and going through yeah that colon. that was cool i like i really, i did like that i thought that was an interesting start yeah, yeah it was a really interesting transition um yeah but yeah so, so the 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 you want to kind of hit the big points so we talked about the the gem so he gave it to kevin garnett now kevin garnett keeps it for a little bit. I don't understand he, why he, he like almost steals it so from him. Basically, Kevin Garnett's attracted to this gem, and b- I think both Howard and Kevin Garnett think it's lucky. So he right. lets Kevin Garnett keep it because he wants to bet on Kevin Garnett and the Celtics to win, uh, so he can make these crazy bets. And he believes that if he has the stone, that Kevin Garnett's going to do really well and he's going to win his bets. So he allows right. him to take the stone and <laughs> in the end he places this well he places one bet first and it hits. But the guy who he owes money canceled his bet. Yeah. <laughs> so he <laughs> so he doesn't cash in, but he go like here's the here's the deal with this Howard guy. So he fucking uses all of these outlets of money to go bet when he could have just paid off his debt with this with the outlets of money that he has. And that's the interesting thing about Howard where and it shows obviously it shows his addiction because he goes through all of these extreme amounts to get money to bet, but he could have gone right. through all of those extreme amounts just to pay off his debt. Right. Because he obviously doesn't really like he could have even just since he he auctions off the opal at one point and he thinks it's worth more he thinks it's worth like what five hundred thousand a million dollars a million he thought it was going to be assessed at like a million but it ends up being assessed at like two hundred and forty thousand fifty thousand or something like that yeah something not um, very good and he was like fuck man comparatively fucked yeah um, but he still believed that Kevin Garnett would would bid on it and he doesn't and he uses his dad as like a guy to bid it up. And his dad uh, can. Oh, that was his dad. I didn't. Yeah, know Yeah, I think was. that's supposed to be his dad. And his dad can front the bill on it. And the thing is, is if he's in debt to this dude, why doesn't he just ask his dad? Be like, hey, listen, dad, I need money to pay this guy off. You know, who is, right. who ends right. up being related to him. You don't know that until a little bit later. But um, right. Yeah, so he just goes through all these extreme stupid things to bet to 
pay off his debt, I guess, but it's not really to pay off his debt. It's to He just, doesn't care about his debt. He doesn't give a fuck about his debt because, first of all, he doesn't think there's going to be any consequence because it's his uh, brother-in-law or whatever, I think, who, right. um, who's going after him. So he doesn't think, like, oh, this guy's going to do anything. He's my fuck. He's my family. Like, well, whatever, you know. So he doesn't. he's a dude who doesn't think about any consequence at all. He doesn't give a shit. Like, he takes... Kevin Garnett's ring and pawns it. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, like, he his, just does all this wild Celtics shit. Celtics ring. He takes his, yeah. So it's just, there's no consequence in his mind, you know. He doesn't care yeah. about any of that stuff. Um, he just cares about getting a bet and making a shitload he, of money. He, yeah, he cares about getting one big bet. Like, one... He wants this one big yeah, bet. He, he doesn't care this, about like, his small little bets. He wants this like wild bet that has a point zero 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 one percent chance of hitting. Right. And then what he wants it to hit and say, I fucking did it, you know, like that's his that's his where he gets his rocks off. He doesn't get he the money doesn't matter to him, I don't think. I don't think any of the money matters to him because he could make a lot of money being a jeweler. Just being, just doing that. I mean, if you get Kevin Garnett to come into your store, obviously you can get people to buy a bunch of your shit. You know, so right. you're not like he shouldn't be worried about any of that stuff. It's he obviously gets himself into debt because he bets all his fucking money away. Um, yeah, but that's what he that's what he likes and that's what he wants to do and he wants to keep betting his money and betting his money. Um, yeah, and then. Well, and then we might as well go into the end mm-hmm. um, because pretty much the whole movie is uh, him trying to, uh, him kind of being chased by his um, his brother-in-law's uh, bodyguards yeah, or whatever. Yeah, crony. I, they're like hired, hired or guns or whatever. Yeah. And he's getting chased by these guys. They they like kind of beat him up a little bit. They throw him in a trunk at one point, um, naked. Uh, and he he does that whole bet thing. He bet he bets in the beginning, and then they cancel his bet, so he doesn't actually pay off his debt. And then he makes an even bigger de- bet this time. He actually ends up selling the uh, the gem right. Sells it to Kevin Garnett for one hundred and seventy-five thousand, which is not how much he wanted to sell it for, but he got that. And so, to kind of make the money he wanted to make, he puts down all one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars on this uh, one championship game. Right? It was a championship game. It was a playoff game. Playoff game or whatever. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he wanted <laughs> Garnett. He wanted the Celtics to win the tip. Garnett to like get. Garnett and the over and point points. Garnett and the over and rebounds. Uh, Celtics to win with something amount like just all of this. Sh- like it's a huge uh, parlay bet. Like right. just the mo- one of the most wild, ridiculous parlay bets that the odd, like the odds that you could win are so low. It's be like hit or- hitting the fucking three hundred million dollar lottery. You know. And this this was my uh, favorite part of the entire movie because this I was on edge on for the entire time. Uh, so he has a spat with his girlfriend, whatever. Uh, he has an ex wife too, but he has this um, spat with this, his girlfriend, and uh, but he, but she works for him, and they kind of get back together, and 
the cronies show up at his place to to get the money. Arno and the cronies show up to get the money, and uh, he's got the hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. But instead, he decides, okay, I'm going to do this crazy bet. Um, and he's in his jewelry shop. He hands off the money to his uh, girlfriend. She goes to the casino and bets it. And so this whole last scene is him kind of watching the um, basketball game with these guys, these cronies, and Arno locked in that little room um, Mm -hmm. that is kind of the entrance to his place. Because as you saw earlier in the film, which is what I liked about that other scene before, that that room can get locked uh, to the point where you can't even get out of the room at all. Uh, this little entrance room. He's got like this buzzer system where he buzzes people in and he locks them in there because they're they're going to cancel the bet again. He's like, no, you're not going to cancel my fucking bet. This is going to work. So it goes, gets really intense. They're watching the game. These guys are getting seemingly really pissed off in there. And he ends up making the bet, which is crazy. He's jumping for joy and Arno's really excited too. He lets like, them out shit, and one this fucking guy won. Can't fucking yeah, believe it. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, this is great. We're gonna get our money back, probably a little bit more, because it was like some odd amount of million dollars, it's like a little one bit point, over, like two million or something like that. Some crazy amount, uh, and he lets them out. And one of the cronies who he had been going back and forth with the entire time, this one crony's kind of like an asshole. He just takes out his gun, shoots, shoots him right, right in the, the face, yeah. which was. I was blown away because I did not expect for that to happen because most of the time in these movies, it's you got a little bit of a happy ending, but this was not happy whatsoever. The Arno guy also gets shot because he's like, oh, my God, you killed like, my you brother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was really no reason to kill him because he was going to get the money and all this stuff. He was probably going to get more money out of it. Uh, but this guy was just a fucking, he was he pissed was pissed off. So he just kills him, and then Arno's getting in the way. He kills Arno, and then they 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 steal all the uh, jewelry from the place, and then they leave. And that's the end of the movie. It, other than the really cool part is they go back, just like they went head. through his asshole. They now this time they go through his head hole, and down mm-hmm. <laughs> and back through the um the 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 stone again right they Mm -hmm. go back into the stone it goes into Um, the universe and into the universe yeah um so it's that's how it ends started right it ends how it started which i i did like that effect a lot it had like a almost like a 70s feel to it it's like 80s it's weird like synthy like the the soundtrack is really good the score is really good like it's just super cool it's like uh you know what it's like a like an 80s sci-fi movie kind of um right style uh that's how i felt yeah 80 sci-fi yeah yeah it's just a really interesting score for a film like that you know but it worked it worked perfectly for what they were doing i think definitely um but i really like that that ending because it's just i think it plays along with the way the the farce of the film where it's like this could have happened in an alternate universe. This could, you know, this is just the universe, basically. This is the world. Like, this is how it is. This is just a fucked up place to live. Um, or it's just, 
I, I think it also can be like, hey, man, actually, in the end, Howard did what he set out to do. He wanted to win a huge bet. He won a huge bet. That was that was the apex of his life, you know. Like that was that's the, true. He that died smiling. Height. It's almost like it, you know. I'm gonna weirdly compare it to a million dollar baby, which um, <laughs> like she go because she works her ass off to be like the best woman boxer, and then this wacky shit happens where now she's you know paralyzed, and yep. she. Uh, just wants to die, but she's understanding that, Hey, I accomplished my, my goal actually. Like I accomplished right. what I set out to do. And I think that's the same for Howard in a really weird way where he accomplished his goal. His goal was to do that. And now, Hey man, you, you, you did it. Cause he kind of like, I do think like his face is almost he has a like smile a on smile, his face. Like he does at, at peace. Cause I think he did what he, he knew, like, this is it, man. I did it. And that's all. He didn't care about the money. He didn't care about any of that. He got shot at the height of, of passion of, of the best feeling right. of his life. You know, like I fucking finally did it. I told everyone I was going to win a fucking bet like this and I fucking did it, you know? And so he's so yeah, happy yeah. and then he just gets shot. So he, he, I think he lived his life to, to the point that he should have, been living like that's it he doesn't need any he he doesn't need to live anymore because if he does guess what that million dollars is just gonna go right into the fucking it's gonna he's be gonna gone. bet it again he's just gonna bet it again <laughs> and he'll never get that feeling again right because he's not like that the odds of that happening are so low so that's why i really i i love the ending i, I yeah i like the i ending think a he lot. needed to die i think they so needed too. and they did it in such a way there's no there's no real like build up, you know, where it's like, oh, I think they're gonna shoot him. They just no, it just happens, yeah. and I really like that. It just feels it made it because they're going for the realistic aspect. It made it feel real, like that's what would happen, you know. Just this guy in the heat of the moment's like, well, I'm fucking pissed, so I'm gonna shoot him in the head. Fuck him. And I don't right. give, I don't give a shit about the money. This guy's an asshole. He locked right. me in this fucking room for three and a half hours while we, while he watched the Celtics game. <laughs> And we're sweating yeah. our fucking balls off, and we're just pissed, man. Fuck this guy. So well, he's been he had been an asshole to that guy the the whole yeah like, entire time. They, they're trying much. to get this guy to give him the money, and he's going just like they're he's they're going through all of these whole all of these like crazy all this crazy shit to get this money from this dude who had every opportunity to give them the money throughout this three day span. Like he just right. had every opportunity. He could have sold the stone right off the bat to Kevin Garnett and gave him. The Wait, money. it was only three days. Yeah, I think so. I think it was over a three. The whole movie was three days. Yeah. Well, that makes it worse that those guys killed him over three days. They couldn't wait fucking three days. Well, they're also me? fucking cronies, man. They're just dudes. That's true. They're fucking criminals, dude. <laughs> the fuck is Arno's problem? Now I hate that guy even more. Well, no, I don't asshole. think the, I don't think the debt was over three days, but the movie takes place over three days. I think he yeah, owed, but it made me feel like he was owing him for weeks. I like, think he uh, even even no, between I think the he first did. scene and the last one. I think he did owe them for weeks. But no, he might have owned them for weeks. But I'm saying uh, the whole movie felt like it was the length of like a few weeks. I don't know. That's what oh it felt really? Like I me. felt like it was like a day. Just really? The dudes. Well, all... Why were those guys so fucking pissed off? They already 
stripped him down and made him naked like he was going to freaking give him money that quickly? That's ridiculous. Well, because they knew he could get the money. That's the thing. He does all of the shit, so they knew they knew he could get them the money. Like, hmm. if, so if you owed, if you're a fucking New York City crony, <laughs> and that, that's your job, and this dude is like, you know, okay, this is my fucking job. This asshole can get us the fucking money, but he's not doing it. This fucking asshole. You know, you're just like, okay, he got two hundred thousand. Oh, he goes and fucking bets it. This dumb right. motherfucker. Like, you, <laughs> it had to be so annoying to deal with that guy. You know, he um, does. I mean, at one point in the movie, uh, his ex-wife says he is the most annoying person oh, that on was the my, planet. That was my favorite. One of my favorite <laughs> moments in that movie because he's like, "Come on, take me back, baby." And she's like, <laughs> "She's like, no, nah, man, you're literally the most annoying fucking person I've ever met." And she like laughs in his face and it's so good yeah. because he just deserved it. You know, he just fucking he did deserve it. He yeah, he's a fucking asshole to be shit on. But the, the, the crazy thing too, though, with him is you, you still root for him. Yeah. Still that's like, oh, what I, I, I was going to say too. <laughs> you know, he, that, that was, that's one thing I really thought they did a good job with was making this fucking asshole who made all the wrong choices in life he literally was making just bad choice after bad choice in this movie it seemed like um it you still wanted to root for him even though he was a fucking asshole he was a like he was not raising his kids well at all his uh his one kid was already um his son his older son was already betting money on stuff so he's already turning into his dad who it is just so addicted with gambling that it's awful. And he's not trying to teach his kid at all how to break away from that. And his other kid, his little kid, he didn't even pay attention to him. Like he went, uh, his wife said to put him to bed and he's sitting there focused on watching the Celtics game. Yeah. So he's he's (laughs) he's watching it downstairs and he's got out on his cell phone. (laughs) Yeah. He's just watching it on his cell phone. He's a Uh, fucking asshole. He's an asshole. And, 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 but at the same time, like you said, uh, you still root for him. He's but a- I also the other interesting thing is you root for him. You felt a little bad that he died at the end, but you weren't really that sad for him because you're like, eh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> this, this guy's yeah. supposed to die. It, it it it's an interesting array of feelings that I felt in this movie uh, when I watched it, um, and. I, I will have to watch it again to kind of feel, uh, kind of really get a good grasp of what was going on. Um, it, but those feelings that I felt were were actually pretty interesting, pretty complex for uh, the type of movie it was. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's what they were going for. Like I think they're trying like they're trying to get you to feel all of these different because it's all these different feelings. Cause it's just like being human, you know, you can, as much as you think Howard's an asshole, you can actually just kind of relate to him because you're like, I mean, who doesn't want to hit a huge bet? You know, who doesn't like want that feeling of like, damn, I just, I fucking hit a million dollars, you know, like who just doesn't want that, that feeling. So you kind of relate to him on a certain level. I mean, I don't relate to him as a, as a person, 
but I relate no, to him. He's the biggest dumbass no, in the world. No, I relate to him as like wanting these, the like this passion of of. It's almost like that's his dream, you know. So there's like a passion of 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 attaining your dream, you know. It, it but it's a it's a weird. It's just done in a weird w- way of attaining your dream, you know. It's done in a way that most people wouldn't try to attain their dream. Right. But it's just that he, the way that he is doing it, it that's his dream, you know. So well, you can kind of relate to that, like, because he's going to any lengths and he doesn't give a fuck who he screws over, <laughs> whose money he takes. If he fucks his family over, he gives no shits. He wants to attain this dream. And it's not he's that you don't think he's stupid. a good person for doing it. You're just like, uh. there's something relatable about about him, I think. There's something well, no- he, there's something like over the top, but there's also something extremely normal and just like sad and depressing about this guy. Yeah, there's definitely sad and depressing because he just to me, he was just very stupid. Just so stupid. I couldn't like No, he is stupid. <laughs> I, I I cannot believe how dumb you gotta be when a cronies are attacking you like it wasn't like they hadn't touched him yet and then shot him in the head they threw him into a pond or but he didn't care about any of that a fountain yeah but my god they're ramping up what's happening do you not think that they're going to eventually shoot you or kill you or whatever well like i said before they beat the shit out of him he didn't believe in the consequence you know because it was his his brother-in-law so he wasn't he when he gets fucking put in a trunk, he's still like upbeat about it. Like he he obviously is just like, well, that's just what they do, man. That's what a crony does. They fucking take you, they punch you up a little bit, they throw you in a goddamn trunk. But that's all I'm gonna get, and I think that's all he believed that they would that that's all he believed the consequence would be. He never believed and that. That's why he's a dumbass. <laughs> he never believed that he was gonna die. Yeah, and he was a dumbass and. Uh, but I think they because he could have paid off the money very easily and still made a bat. That's what bugged me the most about that. That's <laughs> he that's why have. that that's why his ex-wife's uh, statement about him being the most annoying person on the planet is very true. He was the most annoying person in that movie because it seemed like it was so easy for him to just resolve this entire conflict that he was in cuz all he owed was $100,000 and he could have put $75,000 on that on that crazy bat still made a ton of money and given it to this asshole so he he got away from him and didn't kill him in the end but no he was fucking dumb so yeah very that that might have also brought it down to me a little bit uh in my eyes, brought the movie down a little bit, just because this character was extremely fury, infuriating. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. No, it is. It's it is. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I maybe I would like it after watching it, and maybe I'd be less annoyed by his choices. But I also don't like when I'm watching some uh, a movie and something could have been easily resolved by the character not being stupid. Like, he seemed like a numbers guy. He seemed very smart with numbers. So how can you be that stupid with your money and say, 
Hey, I got $175,000. I could put $75,000 on this bet, pay off these assholes who are bugging me, and be no, done with them. No, he owed them, them $200,000. Oh, did he? Yeah. Well, then I mean, 175 wasn't enough. Everything that he could have done was easily resolved. He had an addiction. That's why he was... It's like, uh, and that it's is, like someone that's who's addicted to fucking part. meth, man. They will steal from their family mother, me- members to do whatever right. the fuck they can, and they don't care because they, they have that addiction, and that's what he had. I know, yeah. So, yeah, that's what it was, and that's what I was trying to explain was, like I was how... How crazy addiction can be. I don't ever get annoyed by any of that stuff because a lot of stories can be resolved easily. You can always think of a way to resolve a story without... I mean, watch most movies. There's always some kind of other option, you know? It's just like people watching uh, the Avengers and being like, well, if uh, Star-Lord fucking didn't be being such an asshole at that one point he could have stopped thanos you know but that wasn't the movie that they were trying to make obviously you know like so if you think about it in a way where you're like well that was annoying because they they could have done it a different way then you're just missing the point of what they're trying to tell you you know no i it was (laughs) like that's what the story that they're trying to tell i mean making one mistake is one thing and he made one mistake Many mistakes, though. It, it, that's that. My problem was he was made so many fucking mistakes. It wasn't just one. Yes, every movie has well, that's like why one it's where you're good. like, they made a dumb decision. That is what people people <laughs> that's, make a decision and then they learn from them. Usually, if it's a wrong decision, this guy he never fucking learns from his decision. He no, kept he doesn't. Making the wrong, and it is, and it makes there is no an interesting see, character. Here's, here's, but it makes an infuriating character. Yeah, and that's I, that's what they're going for. Obviously, and I know that's what that's they're what going they for. wanted to it, make. It, which wanted... is why I was fine with it. I said I said the movie was good in my opinion, but. I was very angry with watch, while I was watching the movie because I was infuriated at how dumb this guy could have been. How easily he could have resolved his <laughs> yeah, issues. Yeah, I wasn't. I personally just was, like, smiling and just being like, this is this guy's wild and dumb. And, I, I mean, obviously I don't like him. But I like that. I just like it because you don't meet, you know, it's just... If, if they did anything else, it just would have been a sh- boring, shitty no, movie. No, know? no, no. I think they did a good job for that movie. I, I really don't think they could have done it any other way. I but don't I don't fault I, the movie at all. I personally but I'm just saying. don't think that is, like, there's definitely a lot more to interpret than just this guy's a dumbass. And he keeps doing. The no, same I thing. know the big thing to interpret for me was this guy was heavily addicted to uh, to gambling, and it just shows you how addiction to whatever can really fuck up your brain and really fuck up your ability to make good decisions. Which is exactly what it did for him. Is it really? All that he could think about was betting, even if it didn't make any fucking sense to do it. it what, he wasn't poor. He wasn't struggling with money. He could have sold all of his jewelry in his store and probably been fine. So it was, it was his need to put down these bets, these need, this need of gambling that really uh, pushed the character to make all of his decisions. Even the gem was a, was a gamble. 
I mean, he got that gem. He thought it was a million dollars worth a million dollars. It only ended up being worth two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And who knows how much he spent for it? He did say, I think, how much he might have spent for it, but it doesn't seem like he was telling. He never the truth says either. what he spent for it. No, he told Kevin Garnett uh, how much he said he spent for it, but it sounds like he's lying. Because <laughs> Kevin Garnett says, how much did you pay for this? And he's like, I paid $100,000. But Kevin Garnett didn't believe him. So um, so, so that's, uh, I think he was just making a gamble on that. I think he probably spent even more money and thought it was worth a million dollars, and he actually spent 500000 or 200000 Maybe that's the whole reason he was in debt to begin with, was because of this freaking uncut gem. It could be. He might have borrowed um, to get that gem. Right, exactly. And I, that would make the most sense, because then it would really follow the entire movie. It would really tie a bow on the entire movie, but... No, I think the movie was good, but that doesn't make me less infuriated when I watch it. <laughs> but yeah. maybe since now I know what's happening, I won't be as uh, angry about watching that movie again. Yeah, I just personally, like when I watch a movie, I never even think about that because I just think about what's on the screen. Because you like when you do that, it just ruins your experience, I think. No, I, I, I wasn't trying when to... You think, um, when you think about, like, a film and you think about what they could have done, what could have happened, like, it's just... No, it's, it's not it's that. Irrelevant it's irrelevant to the well, to the film, you know, itself. Well, I guess. I guess. But, I don't know. It just, it just is kind of weird. It, I, I think everybody thinks that way a little bit. Um, and... No, I, I always thought think the whole that time... way on any. I always think that way on every every movie, and <laughs> I, I don't really. I, the... I don't really let it uh, ruin my experience of the movie, but I just, I just think it makes. I thought it more, was just his character. The more these decisions happen, the more it makes it unbelievable in my eyes. And when well, it is. It's a farce, you, dude. It's supposed well, yeah, to be when unbelievable. When you're do, when you're when you're doing a very realistic movie like that, to me, it takes away a little bit. But that's just me. Um, yeah, they were making they're making <laughs> they're making a hyper realistic film, uh, but but making it over the top. Right. They're they're which they did well. They're making it. They're making it feel real, but making you believe like no way could this something like this ever happen because it is a movie, right. and that's what I that's why I really commend them because that's hard to fucking do. I think I think it's hard to make a film that is super realistic, but unbelievable, but still believable, you know, like in the way that they did it. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I personally think what they, what they did, it had to be hard as fuck to pull off. Um, just yeah, with, oh, definitely. with I, going through I, I New York city. And f- I know they, they filmed a lot that, um, they didn't, they didn't close down roads or anything. So they had to get, they had to, they had to film at the right times. Uh, so people didn't recognize Sandler. Although a lot of people just didn't recognize him anyways, because he looked different. He looked he different. I, I, um, I do want to say one thing about San, Adam Sandler. Uh, I think his performance was phenomenal. 
I think that uh, most of the time when I see Adam Sandler in a film, I'm like, okay, he's practically playing Adam Sandler or just a goofier version of Adam Sandler. But I actually felt with this movie, he was this other person, this Howard person. It did not, to me, I, I didn't relate him to Adam Sandler at all. So I think Adam Sandler did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. I don't yeah. know how you felt about it. No, uh, I mean, it was my favorite performance of 2019. So, yeah, I f- felt that he f- was fucking amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think the movie's m- fucking absolutely amazing. I really loved it a lot. I'm, I am on the... I mean, I know if, you, if there are... The majority of people that I've talked to about this movie did not like it that much. I personally think that it's a... It was... I could be the best movie that came out in 2019, in my opinion. It might not be my favorite movie that came out in 2019, but I think what it represents and like what they did is is just absolutely phenomenal. And I think it is the best was the best movie made in 2019 because of that. Yeah, I I mean I. Like I said, I don't think it's a bad movie at all. I think it's a very, very good movie. It's just not my style of yeah. movie. Um, I don't really usually like hyper-realistic movies anyways. I did like this one um, to to an extent. Uh, I just didn't... I would not have that uh, same sentiment that you have of it being, like, the best. But if I, I I also need to see a movie twice to really get a good feel on it, and sometimes when I watch a movie the second time, I'm like, oh my god, this was phenomenal. Yeah, I amazing. No, it's just for um, me. I, like, I understand all the good all the points that they put uh, in the movie, and to me, uh, we've talked about a lot of movies that have a little bit of a deeper thing going on. I feel there is some deepness to this movie, a but a lot of it's on a lot of it's on the surface as well. I actually, like the addiction is a very obvious thing. I disagree uh, with you, and that's I, to me the very. I think there's oh. so much going on in this movie that it's really hard to even understand what what they're trying to say. That's what I think, mm. and I think Maybe it, that's true. I think what they create because they're basically they are definitely creating a piece of of art that is supposed to be watched a bunch of times. And you're supposed to feel the surface of it and understand the brushstrokes and and just wonder why they did things in a certain way that they did things. Because I think there's a I think I personally think there's a lot of questioning religion and there's a lot of uh, uh, like talk about there's a lot of undertones of race and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I think they're they're trying to point at certain things, but they're really trying to do it in a very under-the-radar way that makes you have to watch it again to, to, to see, like, oh, are they trying to connect, like, Jew, Jewish people and, like, Jewish immigrants and uh, Africans, you know? Like, are they trying to do that? Because there's, uh, it's the African, uh, the African Jew, you know? Like basically, what they say, like the Jews and the that. Jews and the Africans came together and were were working over there to get those opals out. So yeah, um, that's true. So is there like some kind of connection between them? Like what what are they doing there? Is there is there is there some kind of like thought about 
religion and how that coincides with your everyday life? Is there a thought about racism in New York City and like all these little connections that aren't really like force fed to you, but they're there, you know, they're sitting there. Hmm. Um, and that's why I think like it needs to be watched more because I thought about that stuff when I watched it, but I didn't get it. You know, it didn't like, I have, I definitely have to watch it again. Cause I, yeah, I I'd have that, to watch was... it again. Cause I don't, I, I personally don't think, I, th- I think they use that as like just a device to kind of, uh, get, Kevin Garnett sort of interested in it. It was the whole intriguing line. Oh my God, there are African Jewish people, but maybe, um, maybe there is more, uh, under the surface than I thought. But like I said, I need to see it a second time. See, this is Um, where I assume there has to be because, um, when you craft a film like that, you don't just go, I'm crafting this story about this dude who, you know, there, there's obviously a lot of thought and preparation, especially when you're, oh, yeah. when they said this movie took them 10 years to make. So there has to be a lot of understanding of like, what are we actually trying to tell here? Like we, it's like when, when someone paints a picture and it takes them 10 years to, to paint the picture, you don't just like think that they just painted a picture because it, and it took them 10 years because, you know, like, Oh, I painted a picture of a dog and it took me 10 years like there had to be some reason why, you know, there has to be some kind of analysis that you're doing, some kind of interpretation that you want out there. Like a lot of movies don't take that long to make. And there probably is, but to me, to me, it just is a a big, um, a big focus on addiction. And that's that I think think they really wanted that. They really wanted to tell how, uh, addiction, uh, can be so debilitating. And that's a part of it. that, That I think they did, I think that's very, the surface story. in a very big way. I think uh, maybe that's true. So I think I'd have that's to, the big surface because that's the easiest thing to see. Because it didn't feel like there was any uh, racism involved. There was a lot of unity involved um, between races, and that I think they did a good job with that. But I don't think they did anything um, about racism in general. Uh, but like I said, I I don't I didn't fully grasp the beginning very well because of all the shouting that was happening. So I might've missed certain well, things. I don't, um, I wouldn't necessarily say like they're touching on racism in general. I would say that they're touching on the hardship of, of both of those, uh, you know, um, like, a, like African American Africans or uh, Jewish people, like the hardships Jewish, yeah. that they faced, and there's a connection there, you know. Yeah, I'd have to. Um, like that's what I think. There, there's, there's something with that. There's this connection because they both had hardships. Obviously, it's not the same, you know, type of hardship, but they both had issues, hardships. You know, yeah, that that yeah. would connect them in, the his, in history. And then you have the same like a different interpretation of a lifestyle, but you have these jewelers who are Jewish, but you also have these, uh, black, uh, black people who are into the jewelry that they're giving, you know? So it's like this connection in a different way. And I think they're trying to, I think there's something there and it's not, it's Hmm. not an in your face thing. 
and I don't think they want it to be. And that's why it takes a long time to make these types of movies because you're saying, okay, how do we tell this thing without punching someone in the face? Yeah, we want to tell this story about this wild fucking dude who has a betting problem, but how do we tell all of these other intricate things? That's why you would create a world that has so many things going on around you that, that fucks with your senses because it's showing you, Hey man, this world, there's so much shit going on around you. It's like, um, it's like when you read the Watchmen, if you, if you don't like, you can read it for its story, but the actual story is actually shit. It's, it's what's good about the Watchmen is the stuff that's going on around them. Oh yeah. The world that you look and you see like, uh, LGBT stuff going on. You see people getting punched in the background, like cops killing people and shit like that. You see that in the background. And that's kind of what right. they're, they crafted in this world is that this guy's world is so closed off that all he can think about is betting on these things. But all of this other shit is actually still going on around him. But he's still just got this one track mind and it's not important thing at all. And all he can think about is like, well, I got to fucking win. This. I got to bet. I got to, I got to bet this money. I got to put that down. I got to win a million dollars. And, and, but when you're, when he's running through the city, guess what? There's all this other shit that's happening around him that could even be more important than what he's doing, you know? And I think that that, yeah. I think that's why they're crafting this world. I mean, I, I definitely could have missed something there. Um, cause there is a lot of stuff going on. Um, I personally think it's a very focused, like, on that particular character um, and his particular flaws. But there, I'd have to read into the other characters as well to kind of no. It is fo- kind of it, it is it. focused. I'm just saying, like, that's how you craft a good story. Is you understand that it, like I said, with Watchmen, the actual story that they that the actual surface story is pretty bad like it's and it's purposely bad like it's purposely not a good story because it's saying that that's not the real issue here that's not the real story here like and i yeah but they have those side people who are telling a story themselves well they um, do kind of but and that and they're actually telling the story of of what's happening like you're saying there aren't any side people in this story it's it's practically mostly focused on his well, it life. is, but that's how I think it's a different way of telling a story. You can't do that with right. a movie without it being like too convoluted. You can't all of a sudden yeah. like all you can't all of a sudden focus on other people, you know, and then you're just like, well, that's there. That's just too much. But they created all of this other stuff around you and they didn't they didn't dumb down the sound because they want you to to listen to what these people are saying. There's other conversations happening that you that are people even off screen that you could probably hear if you listened hard enough. And they might be talking about other shit, you know, like and that's the thing that that's why it's like that's why I'm saying it's like brush strokes, you know, like why why did why is every other stroke uh, go go uh, diagonally to the right when that one goes diagonally one other stroke goes diagonally to the left you know like why why would you do that why right and i'd be interested to to see why and that's Um, what i'm saying i kind of i kind of wish i could have heard a little bit more or done a little bit of research on what the director may have said about the movie but they might not have divulged anything either because they don't always divulge any details like that so I listened to them just talk about how the sound was created. I didn't listen to them talk about the actual movie itself. So okay. I only know 
how hard it was to create like the sound and stuff and how much like how many issues they went through to actually make that film the way that they made it like what yeah which was cool i i think they definitely accomplished what they were trying well, to accomplish on that front. Here's here's what I'll say. I don't want to talk too much more because I think we've, yeah, yeah, we've no, covered mostly what we need yeah, to cover. Yeah, but we, I'll just say, um, like, it, when you think about art, art isn't always something that, you know, you think is amazing. No. You know, like, and I don't think that I personally don't think there's they're making stuff like that like i think they're making something that's like hey man this is it's a painting and it's dirty it's a fucking in new york Mm -hmm. city it's dirty it's loud it's fucking ugly there's a lot of shit going on and we're not here to we're not here to appease you we're not here to be like this is this is like this like great wonderfully easily told story it's not it's dirty it's loud it's gross it's ugly it's funny it's stupid it's every like good and bad thing about film is in this movie i think like they kind of they kind of do all that and i can see like people not liking that and that's right that's okay i'm just my argument for this film is that it's not they don't give a fuck about any of that stuff they're they're creating a piece of art that you should watch multiple times that you should listen to probably on headphones maybe it'll be super abrasive and super hard hard to listen to mm. <laughs> but it probably should be and just think about it in that way and it's okay if you didn't like it i'm not saying you should like it because you don't have to like it's just it, it's not like it's definitely not a movie that's for everybody you know Um, No, but I would say just understand that they're trying to create something that is different, that I do believe there's things to interpret. It isn't just the story about this dude. Um, I mean, that's the surface and it's the main focus, no doubt, but there's other things that I think they're, that they are trying to do and not, you know not like hitting you over the head with anything because that's the way the world i I don't think the addiction was the hitting you over the head with it i think there's a lot to interpret about about the addiction of the of gambling um uh, about that particular thing um but maybe there is other other uh stuff that needs to be looked at too outside of the gambling addiction and how it can really fuck up your life (laughs) Definitely go see it. Make uh, make your own opinions about the movie because um, I think it's definitely worth a watch. I don't I don't think it was like oh my god I'll, I I hated it and I wish I had never seen it sort of thing. It was it was definitely an entertaining movie to see. So you should definitely go go watch it and you should watch it in the theater. I think um, maybe it is better with headphones. I don't know when the movie actually comes out, um, but I think. I think it was actually pretty good on the big screen. So, yeah, no, I, I obviously my opinion is that it's amazing and you should watch it. Um, and I mean, I 
most movies that I really like, I will watch them when they come out. Uh, and I'll watch them with my headphones on because I want to be sucked into that world. I want to. He's going to watch it and he's going to hate it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I won't hate it. Um, but No, I know. <laughs> I mean, kidding. it is what it is. It's, it's definitely. It seems like a film that is dividing a lot of people. Um, yeah, and that's actually, it, that's why it's a, a good film to talk about, in my opinion. That's why I personally think that good art does divide people. Oh, yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. Usually we are very much on the same opinion of things, um, and it's actually good to see that we're a little bit divided on this one. So you guys can figure out what you want to figure out about it, and um, mm-hmm. if you... Uh, if you have any other ideas, like hit us up on Instagram or something to kind of say, yeah, Steve was right. You're an asshole, Kevin. <laughs> uh, there, there's all these things that you missed. You're the, you're the dumbass, not the character in the movie. But uh, yeah, you could. Uh, we'd really appreciate it if you uh, reach out to us and tell us what you thought. Yeah. But um, so you want to talk about what we're going to be doing the next week? Sure. Yeah. The- so. We're going to be, uh, I, I just saw the movie 1917. Steve saw it uh, recently as well, right? You saw it like last week or something? Yeah. Yeah, last week. Yeah. Last week I saw it, yep. Yeah, so um, I saw it a few days ago. Very good movie. I think there's a good amount to talk about. Very good cinematography in that movie. I, I was very blown away by the cinematography that they did there. Um, and I think uh, we're going to have a, good amount to talk about so um try to watch that movie uh we're not going to do any recommendations this time as we said before we're we're going to break up our recommendations into their own like little episodes um and we hope you enjoyed this show do you have anything else that nope you want to say go watch uh 1917 and uh and listen to our next episode when it comes out and watch Uncut Gems. If for some if you, reason you listened to this and didn't watch Uncut Gems, then you just got the whole movie the, spoiled for you. And you also got a lot of shit from me on a movie that you probably won't want to go. Probably watch didn't it. deserve it. <laughs> you probably won't want to go watch it now because Kevin, yeah, you know, kind of, yeah. Didn't, I mean, didn't hate it, but I guess he didn't really like it that much. So, yeah. So, all right. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Yep. See you next time. See ya. Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit?